magical hour. Oh, Matthew and Schaefer. Shafee. Shafee, are you there? This city is a brothel of exotic chairs. And once you're finally back in the market, uh, you'll notice that each one is desperately trying to seduce you. Dusk falls on Austin, Texas. And you know that's when the unusual ones come out, the weird ones that some people call freaks, the ones who make those Montserrat mistakes, the ones who know Martinique is magnifique, and mystique, full, oh yeah, full of mystique, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, One Magical Nation, it's time again for One Magical Hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular, we're all hyped up tonight, Coming off uh, that fantastically fun interview with uh, Gabby Page Fort, uh, giving shout out to some brand new listeners. We know you're out there because we can see the analytics. Uh, we'd like to hear from you and know who you are. Uh, thanks for my cousin Leah for getting hold getting a hold of me. Uh, she says that she loves the show. She's listening over in Houston, Texas. Uh, of course, uh, cousin Drew uh, in the uh, in the USAF is listening out on the East Coast. Uh, thanks for everything that he does. And if any other, specifically if any other cousins slash family members uh, are listening, get at us. Let us know. Uh, we'd like to uh, we'd like to shine our shine our dim little light on you. Uh, speaking of lights, but this one's this one's never been a dim one. This is a bright light. His name's Matthew Rampy. He's right here. Living is easy with eyes closed. Misunder podcasting, all you see. I sort of, I sort of fear misunder podcasting things. Like <laughs> as things come across my my gaze, the the wee dim gaze of uh, the, they call me the Austin Sauron. Um, I. <laughs> I'm I'm afraid of of not mentioning something. Like I have so much to talk about tonight. I, I wish there was actually a them who called you that. I would really like to know. <laughs> you know, them. there's that crew at the Emerald Tavern. <laughs> we play Magic the Gathering together. They call me the Sauron of North Austin. I would like to be friends with them. Here's not to the, be confused with the Sauron of South Austin. Here's the, no, he hangs out at a. Uh, at that other uh, gaming bar that used to be Sherlock uh, Baker uh, Street, Sherlock Pub, Baker Street Pub, yeah, <laughs> the old Alligator Grill. I can't remember what it's called now. Is it not the? Is it not Baker Street anymore? No, it's called like Pipe and Dragon or something. Oh, okay, awesome. And yeah, yeah, it's a it's a gaming bar. Well, I it's funny it. because the I mentioned the Emerald Tavern and they took over. The North Sherlock's. 
I've never, I've never been in there, but they were a couple doors down. <laughs> you know what, Matthew? That's the one. You're, I'm you've got about. it completely oh, yeah. mixed up. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think that bar down south is. Uh, I think it's still. I thought it was still a Baker Street, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't go down south. My gauge doesn't reach beyond the river. So. I uh, I feel you what you're saying about under podcast. It's funny to think that you and I feel like we're under podcasting anything because we do a lot of podcasting. But people are like, how often do you do your podcast? And I'm like, well, we're putting out three shows a week. Schaefer would like to do four, but I feel like I don't really have time. And everybody's like, man, that's a lot. <laughs> I'm sure people think, how would they th- think of enough things to talk about? And surprisingly enough, now that we're on a roll... <laughs> Now that we're on a roll and I've figured out how to just constantly gather content in my yeah. life, then it, it it hasn't been an issue. I don't think it's an issue tonight. Sometimes after those, again, this feels like the debriefing after after we had a big party and then we see each other again at school and we're like, whoa, whoa, how about that party, right? What a party and that then, was. And that, that sort of cast can tend to be a little shorter, but... Uh, this one might be pushing it because I, I we had some, I and hey I may be wrong. You're going to be looking at your uh, device there, going this has 32 minutes, but <laughs> I I can almost guarantee it's more than 32. I feel like we have so much to unpack after the Gabby interview. No, no doubt our our packs are full. She said so many things that I want to. I, I was listening to it in my car. I was I was doing a, a an errand and driving around um, and um, well actually I was driving to get an animal trap I have a critter there's a critter that gets under the house and sometimes in the walls and it's either a possum or a raccoon or it's it's got to be a possum or a raccoon I've seen possum I haven't seen raccoons but when it's in the wall it sounds like a raccoon so I had. <laughs> gone to the tractor supply company in cedar park and i was listening to the cast and as i'm driving out 183 i'm hearing stuff that gabby's saying and i want to like make start making notes i feel like that i need to listen to the cast and make notes listen to the previous cast i'll tell you though i had some trouble with the animal trap i got out i had called them in cedar park and said do you have live traps and the guy said, yeah, we got small ones, and then we got one really big one. And I thought, well, I probably just need a small one. But I got there, and the size that they had were for, like, rabbits and squirrels. And then the other size was, like, for a coyote. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't feel like I needed that one. So I said to these two geezers – well, one of the geezers was helping me. He worked at the store, but he was helping this other gentleman. And I said – is there some place up here, up north, where another place I could find these? And the the geezer goes, yeah, the Liberty Hill store. And I was like, oh, it's another tractor supply company. By the way, I'd never been in a tractor supply company. It's pretty awesome. I'm pretty sure they have fake down-home cooking smells piped into that place. <laughs> like, there's no eatery there, but it smells like fresh-baked apple strudel. <laughs> and it and I and I say that because it did in Cedar Park and then I drove up to Liberty Hill. I was like, well, I'm listening to the podcast. I'm enjoying that. I can just drive up a little further. And um that store also smelled like hardcore like apple cinnamon maple. Wow. I I almost I meant to ask the 
sales clerk, you know, what's up with the hardcore <laughs> maple aroma? But I'm pretty sure that's like a mood a mood scent system that they have there because like they're selling the south do they not just have like a bunch of like candles or potpourri or something for sale up front maybe or dude they sell a lot of different things in that store so it's possible but yeah the way the two stores mimicked each other i don't know i'm i'll look into that there are these mood media scent systems i know but I told you that boring story. Uh, by the way, I didn't get anything in my trap. I tried last night with some Halloween candy. Maybe I used the wrong bait. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna trap the animal. I'm gonna take him out to Travis County East Metro Park and let him out and play disc golf. I'm gonna, I'm gonna schedule a disc golf game out there and then take take my. Uh, I and you know then I gotta just hope that that's the critter that's it, that gets in my walls and I gotta really fix that hole in the in the skirt of my. Uh, in the concrete skirt of my pier and beam abode. I say that all to say that I was driving the whole time I was listening to the cabbie interview. And she said, it was such a dense info stream spouting forth from her upper West side mystical mouth that (laughs) there were a number of times that we went into a topic and she had zigged and zagged enough and I could only address the last zag coming out of the topic, but there was a zig and a zag previous that I wanted to explore further. But I mean, that's—I guess that's just her style, right? It was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, now, did, did let me ask you this: You're not a narc, right? That wasn't the question. I know you're not. Was, a was narc. that the question? <laughs> did she? She sent her dad some acid. Did did he trip? Did she? She did a little like impression of him as if he were tripping. That was the yeah. That was the implication, definitely. Ha! Huh, that is fascinating. Those are those are um, those are some dazzling deets. I I want to follow up with her about tapping the spine. It occurred to me when she was saying all that that I didn't know anything at all about her parents, and uh, it was really interesting to hear about them. I wanted to hear more. They uh, definitely must be some interesting people to have uh, to have put her out into the world, is what uh, what I would guess. And to consider uh, taking LSD in their later years, I don't know their age. If that is the case, she she glossed over that quite a bit. So <laughs> good on you for making sure to shine a light on, shine a light on it, as you said. <laughs> Another thing, you'll get away with no glossing here. Oh, you know, I did want to mention to the listeners that towards the end of this program, we are going to have the as promised uh, hot take avocado reviews from Schaefer Hall based on a list of popular conspiracy theories that I've put together. And as requested, I tried to avoid amplifying any current ones that we don't need further uh, cocking up the chaos around this country. You know what I mean? Yeah. But there's tons from there's tons from you know even the '90s and stuff that we can talk. You feel like we can talk about uh, openly and just have fun. I want to 
I want to preview as well. That's all infotainment here. We are not propagating any conspiracy theories. We are just talking about some of the most popular ones that there's a wiki article cons- list of conspiracy theories. So back to Gabby. Here's another thing she said that I want to that I want to think about for longer. She said something about the spectral and the astral and the spiritual are one. <laughs> And I, don't, I I can't even remember, again, I wish I had been taking notes. I can't remember what moment that referred to. And, and also, there were so many kinds of stickers. When I, I had just asked a little clarifying question. Is it, is your band name the stickers? Is it, uh, what kind of stickers? And there were, there are so many shades of meaning of that word. It was like, yeah. it was like set. I really enjoyed that answer. Yeah. I certain I hadn't thought about the. She got into the stickies. Is there? We talked about honey or the pub floor that's kind of got you stuck in place. Maybe. I guess that's also a kind of sticker. I love it. Yeah. And then we're going to be featuring a lot of stickers on this program <laughs> because she basically handed us. The catalog. Yeah. Right. I wanted to request a specific one. Which one? Uh, I'll have to double check. I think it's called nudity. Okay. Well, it sounds intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I feel like listening back, well, I felt like more in the moment as we were talking to her that and I find myself doing this a lot. I was I was seeking validation for the po- our podcast and the form of podcasting and it just you know she came into it much as I came into it before podcasting that like uh, you know podcast whatever I don't really know and then did we convert her I think to an enjoyer of podcasts that's the implication that's what she said I feel like at this point, we're mainly interviewing people so that they become podcast listeners. Maybe she's just blowing rainbows up her asses. <laughs> if anybody's out there who's listening, one of you hunter-gatherers, and you have a friend who's um, dubious about podcasts, give us their number and we'll call and interview them. We'll, we'll spend and, a Saturday night with them, and when it's done, they'll love, they'll love they'll podcasts. They'll be like, have you heard of this thing, podcasting? <laughs> well, I, I, I hope that there's a follow-up. Or, or I, I hope that Gabby's like a once a, I don't know, once a quarter. Yeah, I would once like a quarter visitor. A regular guest, yeah. Check in with our Upper West Side mystic. Really, anybody who wants to provide their own show sheet can be on just about as many times as I, as they'd like. Yeah, d- I'll definitely. Uh, Alex certainly would be a great recurring guest too to make sure we stay on track. Uh, there's you know there's room for everybody. I definitely like you know for us to have at least one a week of you know just you and I catching up on things and you know because. I enjoy the uh, oh, I enjoy, oh, I enjoy yeah. the the wayward weirdness of the of the duo, but uh, oh, yeah, there's I, obviously I, plenty of time for anybody to 
New people to come visit, old people to come visit. I think if we get one interview a week, that's good because it it also is, um, you know, we got to set it up with people and yeah, it for me it feels like more pressure. Uh, just I, I I'm learning to be an interviewer and it's fantastic. I mean, I don't know if the results are fantastic, but. I'm enjoying the process of figuring out like when we get Jameson on Jameson's been doing a lot of interviewing for uh, for articles that he's writing for like the Texas Tech arts news magazine or whatever has he written an article on us so we can he should definitely definitely should uh, Jamo uh, article idea <laughs> my, uh, he's definitely tried to work our podcast into various things that he's doing for his degree. Uh, but we can have an interview about interviewing because he's been doing a lot of interviewing too. So the interview show, the interview interview. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm typing that down. Okay. Things that are happening in the future. Um, Forward promo. Uh, we also need to, we also need to get somebody on tap for Saturday night. Do you have anybody? It's okay if you don't. Not, I've, got, I've got a few ideas. Not right offhand. Uh, uh, Jesse, uh, Jesse Temple. I spoke to her, and she she's down. Is game, and so that's either uh, it could be this week or the following week. Okay. Jesse Temple, this Saturday, folks. I know that everybody loves when That's we do. I love it. I love it. I love it. I know everybody loves when we're doing production meetings just live when on we, the air. When we podcast about the podcast. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, everybody's favorite thing. They've, uh, <laughs> they've told us they can't get enough of it. <clears throat> Did you read uh, our lovely review? <clears throat> I did. I, I assume I, you did. I I did. Um, yeah, you're welcome to quote from it. I wanted to give a shout out to our friend Lori in New York who's having a baby right now. She was looking for the baby's last name. The baby will be female. The baby's last name will be Thomas. Uh, she was. We were discussing names over the text thread. My uh, my suggestion was. Pocahontas Mulan Thomas. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's apparently classic. It's, That's classic. Apparently, it's not going to work. Uh, but uh, <laughs> okay. But, I thought everybody wanted their child to be a Disney princess. I wanted to contribute. <laughs> everybody in America. And I can't find our show now. Oh, you're looking for our show on your phone? Yeah. And you, so can't, I, oh, and you can't find I can't it? It's because it. I deleted it. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I was having one of those moments where I destroy all my artwork. Uh, yeah. Uh, everybody out there, please review us, rate us, get at us. I wanted to tell you guys about the 
One Magical Hour Facebook page. I know a lot of people aren't dying to use Facebook these days. But, uh, whoa. <laughs> Play someone else's podcast. I'm going to have to get back to you guys about Jameson's, uh, Jameson's review. But, uh, those reviews, uh, for whatever, whatever they do, they, uh, they, they juice up the algorithm. Uh, so the more that gets out there, the more people will find us. Uh, the, you know, increase their things and you know eventually you know eventually matthew and schaefer are doing seven of these a week isn't that what everybody wants uh, <laughs> i'm dying to get on mastodon mastodon yeah i you know i'm gonna have to remember our, uh, no that i was kidding that was just a counterpoint to you saying i know not everybody's dying to get on facebook yeah but we, you know we'll start uh we'll start posting uh links to the articles we talk about there we'll talk about we'll post uh uh, pictures that we're talking about, you know, things like that. Uh, and it's, you just search for one magical hour on Facebook and you can follow and we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Like currently Brian Benitez and Alex Battles are our only followers. So we need to to juice that up a little bit. Uh, also I was thinking of making a Slack page. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what that is, but I think uh, that's just going to depress us. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we're ready for that yet. <laughs> <clears throat> that's not going to stop me from making one. I saw that on TBTL. Uh, join the ten Slack. I thought about it, uh, but then I don't know. I shied away. I, I'm, I'm a member, but I still have not figured out how to use it. Well, I use Slack for work, and so it would just seem worky to me. Oh, I get what you mean by depressing. That yeah, I, I thought you were. I thought you were saying it would be depressing just because we wouldn't get any response from. No, no, no. That was really what I meant. <laughs> I f- I found the review that you were talking about. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The review says "Mellow Gold" five stars. Um. Here, I'll just. It's a long review, but he- here's a good quote. This is right at the end. These guys have inadvertently cured depression. Reminds me of an Evil Knievel stunt in slow motion. But Evil Knievel is a Care Bear, jumping over a foundation of bubbles, landing in a swimming pool filled with jello. All right. Yeah, that was a. That, yeah, that last part is very, very Jameson, I think. I enjoyed it quite a is bit. Is that who wrote that? Jameson? Yeah. Dang. I thought that was from a. From somebody who just stumbled upon us. From a rando? No, that was, yeah, that was Jameson. Oh, I, I knew. I knew it was Jameson. Jimmy, Jim, Jim, Jimmer. Well, I, it's been a little while since we have delved into the news, but I think it's time to go on a cruise. It's good Ooh. time as any. Fluffy. We love fluffy news. This isn't actually fluffy, but this is this is a story that I don't know how much attention it got. There's a lot going on in the world today, and this is a story about just one person, which I, f- I feel like we gravitate to stories about one person, like the the guy who um, ate too much licorice and um, the... Um, What's another story? <laughs> anyway, this is from the BBC. This is from the US and Canada section. Hiker alive and well after dying for 45 minutes. Whoa. 
That's what the headline says. A hiker who was rescued after getting lost overnight in a U.S. national park has been brought back to life despite his heart stopping for 45 minutes. And they name this guy Michael Napinski, aged 45, got lost in Mount Rainier National Park in freezing conditions last weekend. He was found and airlifted to a hospital in Seattle, Washington State. This story is like all over our, <laughs> our radar here. Uh, he had a pulse when he arrived at the hospital, but then his heart stopped. Um, basically, they hooked him up to an ECMO machine, an extracorporeal membrane oxygenation machine. This pumped blood from his body into a heart-lung machine and then, that removed carbon dioxide and then back inside of him. Wow. I, so, boy, I'm hoping that if I'm ever out hiking... Uh, that, <laughs> and I'm, I'm inadvertently frozen, uh, that they get me to that hospital with that ECMO machine. Gotta get that ECMO as fast as you can. This article mentions that there's been, there have been other climbers in, re in recent memory who have been brought back to life. Last winter, a woman was brought back to life by doctors after her heart stopped for six hours while hiking in the cold of the Pyrenees. That is amazing. It's pretty rare pretty rare the cold of course protects the body um this podcast also protects the body uh i i just and exercises the mind uh, um amidst a sea of bad news there is that guy that died for 45 minutes came back to life and just came right back i wonder if you really i wonder if he keeps that thermostat turned way up these days you think Which really doesn't like even the hint of cold anymore. <laughs> you think after something like that, you would really be cold averse? Maybe I, maybe I don't know. I, yeah, that's my guess. Or maybe he's really super used to the cold. He like walks around in thirty-six degree uh, weather in in his short shorts. I don't he's know. Like, yeah, I don't even feel cold anymore. Yeah. Right. I now I want to know what the actual answer to that question is. Wait, what was the question? <laughs> what is what is his reaction to uh, cold now? I, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. It says his name. <laughs> we could probably track him down with the interwebs and whatnot. Oh, yeah. That just happened recently. Let's give him a few weeks you know, <laughs> before, before, before we get him on the show. Before the podcasters come and knocking. We should try to contact that guy for sure. Put that on the future show sheet going on the future show sheet can you recall sir what we was it that we contact that guy <laughs> wait what was his name um, um his name was michael napinski k-n-a-p-i-n-s-k-i <clears throat> do you recall what was the first oh wait i have a beat for this let me we we're moving into a different segment here and i've got a beat oh right here on more my news because I, I have some news too. oh oh you've got some news okay yeah. okay well let me just pre-promote this beat Fluffy News correspondent Schaefer Hall, what do you got for us? I like the sound of that beat. What was that? Well, never mind. 
I guess we'll find out in just a minute. <laughs> oh, you're like, what's from... that theme for? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, news from from Reuters. Uh, Dateline, November 17th, 2022, 33pm. Got some big news for you guys, something to look forward to. Director Spike Lee changes direction with a musical about Viagra. What? This is a real thing, folks. Director Spike Lee, best known for making movies about the experience of being black in America, is switching course with his first ever musical on the subject of Viagra. Lee will direct the as-yet-untitled film from a screenplay he has co-written about the discovery and launch of the ED drug. It is based, you know, it all comes back. Uh, it is based on the 2018 article in Esquire magazine called All Rise, <laughs> producers said on Tuesday. Original songs and music will be written by the duo behind the 2008 Tony Award-winning rock musical Passing Strange about a black artist's journey of self-discovery. 63-year-old Brooklyn native said in a statement that he had grown up hating musicals despite the efforts of his mother. Finally going into my fourth decade as a filmmaker, I'll be directing a dancing, all-singing musical, he added. Do you think he was influenced by Hamilton? But that's, I mean, that's a very different subject matter. <laughs> yeah, but in a similar manner, the, Hamilton is something that uh, that Lin Manuel Lin Manuel Miranda took, and it's kind of an unconventional topic to write. Like, and I don't know if Spike Lee's. I'm making assumptions, or, or not. I'm not making assumptions, but. That Hamilton's basically a rap musical, and and it takes a topic that's pretty boring, the history of Aaron Burr, which turns out to not be that boring, and and makes it a lot of fun. I don't know. I I only mention that because I've been influenced by Hamilton, and when I think of Spike Lee making a going out on a limb like that. I hope that it's as good as something like Hamilton. I hope that it's I, half. I hope that it's half as good as Hamilton. Yeah, half as good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. I'm gonna. I know that I'm. I'm on board. I'm gonna watch it. I. Uh, I. But I like musicals. I like Spike Lee. And you know, I like pharmaceuticals. It's a, it's a real trifecta for you there, buddy. <laughs> right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> well, when I first heard that 30 seconds ago, it seemed crazy. But now that we've talked it out, I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads me to our next topic, uh, which is uh, the weak-minded belief in conspiracy theories can you recall which episode it was that we first started talking about conspiracy theories or the one recently where it was the the genesis of this this isn't a quiz this is the hot take avocado review of Schaefer's preferences on conspiracy theories. Yeah. Now, for the listeners, 
if you're just joining us, remind them where do you stand on the idea of conspiracy theories? I, I love I love conspiracy theories. <laughs> um, I think that it's a very natural human thing to want to uh, to want to imagine connections that are larger than yourself that things are going on that are bigger than yourself and that those things have an effect on you. Uh, and you know, uh, especially if it's something that you kind of have to put a little faith in that you kind of have to go out on a limb for, and you know, that those things then might be affecting and, uh, you know, either, you know, either making, they can be, uh, having negative effects in life or positive effects in your life. I think, you know, I think it's the same thing that drives people towards religion, you know? People uh, feel inclined to imagine that there's big things happening outside their control that affect their lives. You know, like I said, positively or negatively. Uh, it's a way of putting order into your universe. It's a way of keeping a little mystery and, you know, what can at times be a, a mundane existence. And, you know, it's, and it's, it's having fun. It's making a little, a little puzzle for yourself. And, you know, I keep coming back uh, you know, to my, my childhood self drawing the, wanting, uh, wanting to unlock some mystery about, you know, Sesame Street and the magical phrase open Sesame, you know, like try to, try to find something out and maybe, you know, I think probably my devious little seven-year-old mind wanted to, you know, to control some of that magic, you know, and maybe, uh, make some, make some stuff the animals come alive around me or who knows, who knows what, nefarious plans I might have been plotting uh but that's so yes and you know I don't I don't think it has to be a weak-minded thing I think um I think people sometimes kind of put all their fears into a conspiracy theory and I I don't think that that's the best thing that you can do you know if it's causing you to not vaccinate your kids or you know it's it's causing you to uh to hate you know half of the people in your country then you know these that, that's starting to be a problem um but then i think that there's another you know another way of looking at it that's saying you know uh having a little fun you know having a little fun and having you know showing a little creativity in in your daily imagination is a good thing for the brain to be doing so you know, like so many things in this world, it can be uh, it can be used for good and it can be used for uh, for evil. Yeah, so. I think they can be a lot of fun, and I I think that just like the news, they have to be kept in perspective. And I think they're kind of, for me, they're kind of infotainment, kind of like this show. And um, but they, you know, they actually have quite a history. I found out after reading the wiki article, which I realize is not the deepest dive of all time. Wikipedia being, a, a, you know, open source and whatnot. I wonder how many podcasts there are that are just based on people looking things up on Wikipedia. It's like ninety percent of all podcasts. I'm pretty sure. Well, we count us, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would like to, at this time, quote, before we get started here, before we, desig before we talk about the format, I just want to quote my favorite war hero, one of my favorite, excuse me, one of my favorite war criminals, 
uh, Donald Rumsfeld. And I, I love this quote. It cracks me up every time. You know, he said this in the um, – uh, I, I don't know if it was in the lead-up to the Iraq War or right there at the start, but he said, quoting Rummy, Reports that say that something hasn't happened are always interesting to me because, as we know, there are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are things we do not know. But there are also unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know. And if one looks throughout history of our country and other free countries, it is the latter category that tend to be the difficult ones. And I know that this he was just making an absurd uh, razzle-dazzle move for the press. Uh, in terms of what <laughs> what the, that crew was up to in Iraq. But he makes some good points. There are those, uh, ever since he said that, there are those unknown unknowns, yep. y- you know? And those are the things that really tickle my fancy. And so, without further ado, the Avocado Conspiracy Schaefer Hall Hot Take Review. So the format is, I have a list here of conspiracy theories, and I'm going to mention them to you, and you are going to rate them on a scale of zero to eight avocados, based on, in my mind, how likely you are to either believe in them or want to believe in them. Okay. And you, you, it's up to you. The criteria is not set, but give these conspiracies your avocado hot take and there are some notable omissions we will not be talking about the illuminati the freemasons 9-11 the clintons and whether or not they have people bumped off jeffrey jeffrey epstein's dubious death barack obama's birtherism paul is dead although we are going to have a future episode just on Paul is dead. <laughs> the Patriots, either Deflate Gate, Super Bowl versus the Jags or the Falcons, artificial diseases, including the nineteen, the COVID nineteen pandemic. So those are off the table right away. And also, I want to just discredit Wikipedia as we go into it, <laughs> um, because the most interesting one that I saw on the list. Uh, was like an espionage category and the, just the title is Malala Yousafzai. Conspiracy theories concerning Malala Yousafzai are widespread in Pakistan. These theories variously allege that she is a Western spy or that her attempted murder by the Taliban in 2012 was a secret operation to further discredit the Taliban and was organized by her father and the CIA and carried out by actor Robert De Niro, disguised as an Uzbek homeopath. <laughs> wow. That, which, has not, which has not circulated here. I don't know. I'd, so. Wow. De Niro as an Uzbek homeopath is what it said. De Niro, get at us if that really happens. Let us know. Robert De Niro, get at us. <laughs> yes. Okay, here we go. All right, we're starting. Number one, chemtrails. And you can, I've got a little information on each one here, and if you're not sure what we're talking about. Uh, I, I know a little bit about chemtrails, but 
Uh, go ahead and give me. This is also known as SLAP, Secret Large Scale Atmospheric Program. And this theory alleges that water condensation trails or contrails from aircraft consist of chemical or biological agents or contain a supposedly toxic mix of aluminum, strontium, barium, all kinds of of uh, supposed things. Um, seven, it, this is saying that 17% of people globally believe the theory to be true or partly true. What do you, you know, think what do you think about chemtrails? I think that they are condensation you know I think that they are trails of condensation. You know, it makes sense. That's why they look like clouds. Um, but I understand it completely. And this is, it seems to me like this is a classic, classic uh, uh, conspiracy theory. Uh, you know, there was one that came up a lot on Art Bell Coast to Coast, which is, uh, you know, one of the late night talk radio shows that really, really got me into uh, talk radio and talk podcasting in general. So... Uh, so I, chemtrails is an old chestnut, and when you think about it, you look, you know, you're looking up in the sky, and there's a long trail of something coming off of what are usually government jets, and uh, you know, I can understand somebody saying, well, maybe, maybe that's not condensation. Maybe there is something else going on up there. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't think it's all that stuff that they say because I just I don't think that the science holds up for whatever it is that they think that it's doing. Some people say it's mind control. Some people, you know... Weather control. Think it's going to, like, yeah, it's going to pop off the zombie apocalypse. Who knows? Um, but... I, I think they're just trying to dumb us down. They're just making us dumber. Yeah, yeah, who knows? By spraying uh, stuff op on opiating us. Opiating the... <laughs> uh, in which case, yeah, they need to up the uh, up the dosage for the likes of I need some more strontium. Because we're, cause we're questioning. Well, who do I call to get more barium in my chemtrail? We're still figuring stuff out. Um, I just got a barium res result from my labs and it says I'm low. So for those reasons, uh, you know, me kind of understanding where this might possibly come from in the mind of somebody staring up at the sky. And, you know, it just being, you know, a good classical chestnut of a conspiracy theory, you know, yeah, I'll put it up there around the around the seven range, seven avocados. Seven avocados for chemtrails. All right. Yeah. Okay, on to number two. New Coke. A theory claims that the Coca-Cola company intentionally changed to an inferior formula with New Coke, with the intent of either driving up demand for the original product or permitting the reintroduction of the original with a new formula with a new formula using cheaper ingredients. Do you know the famous quote from like the super high up Coke exec about all this? Uh, the truth is, we're not that dumb and we're not that smart. <laughs> I love That's that. Donald Keogh. I, I love that quote. The truth is, we're not that dumb and we're not that smart. <laughs> and that's, you know, well, how did that, you feel about New Coke at the time? I mean, it, was, it was not very good. It was terrible, you know, right? Nobody thought that. And. But I understand kind of why it happened, and it's you know it has to do with you know blind taste tests, and you know if you're only having one sip of something, uh, 
then you end up picking the sweeter thing, like, and that ends up being Pepsi. So if you're doing these blind taste tests, Pe Pepsi would win because it was the sweeter of the two, uh, you know, and you're just having, you know, one ounce of it. But if you're having a whole can, if you're having 12 ounces of it, then it tastes, uh, it tastes different. And it's not, not, uh, it's not the same. So uh, I enjoy, like, honestly, that one guy's, that guy's, uh, that guy's quote, uh, we're not that dumb and we're not that smart, kind of sums up the whole, my, you know, my whole opinion of it. And I, you know, I do like it. And it's because, you know, there's that, that whole thing going on where, like, uh, this, it seems like such a boneheaded move to change, you know, a classic, um, to change a classic uh, recipe. But you also understand why somebody would do it. Well, we need to, we feel like we need to update things, you know, and then to have this, you know, massive kickback, you know, maybe you saw a little of it coming, but not all of it. It's just kind of, it underscores the whole wayward nature of, of commercialism and marketing. And, you know, marketing and, and advertising to me feels like one of the biggest conspiracies of them all, you know, because <laughs> it's these smart people sitting in this room figuring out how to, like, make you want something more and, you know, do it in a way that you don't even know that it's happening. Um, so, uh, so... That's called yeah, Jedi mind tricks. It's easy to, it's easy to yeah, wrap it all up together and, you know, to see both why they might, you know, make, you know, what is perceived as a mistake like that and then why, uh, you know, a good marketing team can turn it around into something, uh, something amazing and great for the company. So... Um, yeah, and the fact that 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 neatly ties up, you know, you're definitely always smart to ask why advertisers are telling you to do something and why, you know, large corporations might be doing the things that they're doing. Uh, definitely, that's a good conspiracy theory for America. It's a good uh, kind of thought experiment to uh, question everything that they're telling you and every, any reason that a corporation selling you tons and tons of, you know, something that is essentially junk food. Uh, it's poison. Might, might you know, might, the reason that they might do the things that they do. Uh, yeah, definitely question that. Always. So eight star, eight, uh, eight avocados for that one. <laughs> eight avocados for new Coke, yes. Yeah, for that being, that's a very healthy conspiracy theory. And, uh, and those are good things to keep questioning, absolutely. <sighs> awesome. Yeah, I, I, um, I try to look at every news, news, every news story. How, how is this trying to make me afraid? And what is this trying to make me buy? But <laughs> you were saying that they were changing to meet Pepsi. Like that makes way more sense. And some, I feel like a calculated thing where to bring back the new, I don't know, maybe you, you, you didn't, did you really say there though, whether you believe that it's conspiracy theory? Uh, I didn't. I think, well, you know, but, you know, the answer is pretty much no. I think that they probably yeah. really did yeah. look at all this marketing research and say, oh, yeah, you know, Pepsi's doing the Pepsi challenge. They seem to win it every time. You know, maybe we should tweak it a little right. bit. Right. You know, yeah. but that might not be necessarily, it's not because they thought that the original Coke was bad, but it's because introducing a new product is all, you know, can always, you know, shake things up and, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, translate to a few more sales. Now everybody wants to try the new Coke, uh, you know, and you, 
It was a some, big deal. Some part of them must have known that they could. We could always bring back the old Coke if we want to. We can always bring back the old Coke. Uh, did you ever? You know that the band Negative Land has a whole album about this. I it's didn't called, know that. It's called Dyspepsia. <laughs> oh, nice. And it's 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 all about the it's all about the Coke thing. It's really. Uh, I'm pretty sure you could find it on Spotify. It's really really hilarious and a really uh, fun record. Okay, well, we got eight avocados for New Coke. We're on to number three, staying in the new category, the New World Order. The New World Order theory states that a group of international elites controls governments, industry, and media organizations with the goal of establishing global hegemony. They are alleged to be implicated in most of the major wars of the last two centuries, to carry out secretly staged events, and to deliberately, deliberately manipulate economies. Organization alleged to be part of the plot include the Federal Reserve, Council on Foreign Relations, Trilateral Commission, the Bilderberg Group, the European Union, the United Nations, the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, the Bohemian Grove, Skull and, Skull and Bones. Uh, this one is just, <laughs> just jamming a bunch of, this is like the... Umbrella for all conspiracy theories, right? You know, it really is. That's how it sounds to me. <laughs> it's... I mean, it, I've been hearing, I've been hearing about this all my life, and I, I mean, I think that they're. Well, listen, I'm, I'm not doing the reviewing here. I don't need to spout my opinion. In what as do much, you think about the new world order? In as much as the fact that there's probably different allegiances, you know, now than there used to be. That would imply, yes, yes, there is a new something, and there, you know, in so much as there was an old something, there's an old way of doing things, and you know, allegiances change and allegiances shift. Like I like um, new Coke, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, because you know, uh, I think that there probably, you know, is something that you could call an old world order, and that would imply that there was a new world order. But all of those organizations that you listed, if you think that they can all work together and coordinate successfully yeah. you are extremely naive yeah there's no coordination <laughs> there's <laughs> not not at all not in all that stuff you know you can barely you know uh i think uh i think that there are deals made that we will never know about that are that do shape the global climate and not you know both literally the climate and you know how how things how things operate globally uh that makes sense you know that's somebody's got to make those decisions somebody somebody is in power and does those things uh yeah uh, to to imagine that they're all perfectly well coordinated and they're all pushing one agenda in one direction uh, is extremely. I love one direction. Extremely naive and, and optimistic to me. So you know, uh, in so much as I understand the inclination to, you know, imagine that there are, there are secret cabals doing secret things. Uh, sure, that makes sense. Surely there that, are. That only gets me up to like four or five stars. Four or five avocados. Why am I having so much trouble with this? Four or five avocados, uh, and then, and that's it. That's as far as the new world order goes. Just because 
I, I think it's laughable to think that they could all coordinate uh, in any sane fashion. Should we just call it four and a half avocados? Sounds good. Four and a half avos. Okay. We, somewhere in there, I started thinking about the poor bastards that really did love New Coke, and then it went away. <laughs> well, they can. They I I imagine if you mixed regular Coke with Pepsi, you get something <laughs> oh, right. really okay. close. <laughs> yeah. Good. I won't cry for them, Argentina. Um, number four, dovetailing on New World Order is the Denver airport. Some theorists believe that Denver International Airport stands above an underground city which serves as, the, as a headquarters of the New World Order. Theorists cite the airport's unusually large size, its distance from Denver City Center, Masonic and alleged, alleged satanic symbols, as well as a set of murals which include depictions of war and death, which really don't make for great airport uh, bric-a-brac. No. <laughs> oh, I used bric-a-brac wrong there. Uh, good airport interior design uh i haven't done this is the first i've heard of this uh, oh you're it, new to this one okay. it appeals to me it appeals to me quite a bit um i i've i've heard of this and and when flying into denver it is it is a little bizarre how far the airport is from denver yeah it is way off on its own but and i've when I was younger, I did a little deeper dive into the way it's laid out, which is a little bizarre. I, you know, I've heard that a lot of people complain about just trying to get around the Denver airport. Uh, as far as it being far from Denver goes, you know, it's up there in the Rockies. There's probably not too many places that you can put anything as large as an airport. Right. Especially when you already have a city, you know, there. Right. So that it seems to me... It seems to me entirely reasonable that, you know, that was just the only place that they could put anything as big as an airport, find, you know, in in a very mountainous region, find, you know, flat enough areas for planes to land, to say nothing of a lot of planes, you know. Uh, so, and, you know, maybe, you know, up high, a mile up in the Rockies, you got to deal with winds. Maybe they wanted it away from the city because you got a bunch of uh, humongous planes dealing with, with a bunch of high, you know, high altitude winds coming off of uh, coming off of the Rockies. Who knows? I, I can think of a lot of reasons why it would be away from the city center. However, it seems very reasonable to me that the government, our government, and uh, you know, some other uh, some other folks might be working in concert to uh, build uh, protective areas into the Rockies. Um, I feel like I haven't done any research on this matter, but I feel like that's probably happening, right? Or like, isn't the if government? If you want to delay your avocado review until you can do further research, that's fine too. <laughs> we can follow up in a later episode. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. Um, I, you know, I, I like it. I don't believe. I don't necessarily believe. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, we said we weren't going to dive into the Illuminati and the Freemasons, so. Uh, uh, you know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say six avocados. Uh, for I think being, that that's fair. Being a fun enough theory. Yeah. But you know, kind of thinking of the new world order. Yeah. 
stinking of the Freemasons. I don't. All right. Well, let's let's move on a little bit to, to uh, I believe this is number five. Uh, the Antichrist. I one second. One real quick. New World Order thing on the New World Order and 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 the Illuminati and uh and the Freemasons. You know, with stuff like the Freemasons, a lot of it kind of stinks of player hating to me. You know, like <laughs> not that I not that I think that Freemasons are cool, but anytime you have uh, a group that is excluding other people from the group, then you're going to have people who are mad that they're excluded. Yeah, in group, out group dynamics. Like I don't give, I I would never, you know, I don't give a shit. I would never want to be a Freemason. Right. Uh, they can go act as weird as they want. Um, but uh, it's know. the secrecy, and it gets people's minds. Yeah, it, gets it gets people's, people's imaginations up, inflamed. You know? you know, yeah. Okay, but you know, to those people, I'd say, man, keep an eye on the, your real government. Find out the real things that are happening, because that's what you need to worry about. And that's you know who needs they need a sharp eye kept on them by we the citizens of America. So f- find out. <laughs> I had the real stuff that's going on. It's just as scary, and you can do something about it. You know, <laughs> hate the game, not the player. There, there you are. You know. Okay. Or, you know. Moving on, the Antichrist, apocalyptic prophecies, particularly Christian claims about end times, have inspired a range of conspiracy theories. Many of these cite the Antichrist, a leader who will supposedly create an oppressive world empire. Some supposed antichrists from the past are like uh, Holy Roman Emperor Frederick II, Russian Emperor Peter the Great, Saladin, Benito Mussolini, Barack Obama, Napoleon Bonaparte, Adolf Hitler, Justin Trudeau, Adam so, Sandler. What you're telling me? Don't get me started on Adam Sandler. What you're telling me? Those last two were just additions from me. It, what you're, what you're telling me is that anybody that people haven't liked over the years has probably been an antichrist. Anybody who's handsome and funny and ends up leading a bunch of people gets gets labeled antichrist. Um, you know, I understand uh, making a case for Hitler being, you know, somebody who is very, you know, nearly brought about the end of the world as we know it. Uh, sure. Yeah. You're not going to convince me that Barack Obama did it. Yeah, bad news, you know. <laughs> yeah. Where, show me that evidence. Um, I'm just uh, I'm just telling what Wiki's telling me, which is, so, uh, there's a, there's some player hating. Oh, problem, Barack Obama's the Antichrist. The problem with, you know, Antichrist is you first have to take Christ seriously. And uh, I'm sorry, but that's not you know the religion thing is another conversation it's another thing that i think is important and i don't hate on people for being religious but if that translates to you calling uh barack obama the antichrist then you're not using religion in the right way i just like to take i just like to take this uh opportunity to pre-promote uh the future episode where we're gonna do uh Schaefer's hot takes on religions of the world. <laughs> All right. All right, I'll do that. I'll, I'll, I'll get on that horse. Yeah. Right. I'm, 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 I'm already working on that one. <laughs> it's, 
Okay, can I, sir, can I get your uh, avocado review of the Antichrist? Uh, three, three avos. Yeah, I think it's pretty low as well. Moving on, the deep state. How is the deep state different from the New World Order? Well, the term is occasionally used as a neutral term to denote a nation's bureaucracy. The conspiratorial notion of a deep state is originated in the Middle East and North African politics with some basis in truth and has been talked about since the 60s. But it's more about... The, the, the deep state is not the New World Order. It's the... It's that there's a, a covert undergovernment that's controlling everything. I feel mm. like I feel like this is gonna get a low review. It's the old world order. <clears throat> no, it's uh, I, I yeah, I are you just you know is the, I mean if it's just a word for bureaucracy, and. Uh, you know, any bureaucracy, any bureaucracy in the entire history of the world has had its f problems, you know, and hopefully sometimes its benefits too. I don't know, maybe some of it all problems. That seems possible to me, but I think a lot of them, you know, have, have some benefit. Uh, uh, and some some states, I think, are deeper than others, you know. Uh, but I think every... Every state has some things that they need to do that aren't necessarily uh, that don't necessarily make headline news because you know that uh, you know a lot of people wouldn't want to know about it. Um, well, I, I think I think what you said before about although the, I think this is different than the New World Order. I think what you said about the New World Order that if you can imagine these disparate organizations working together for some nefarious goal. I, I think that's kind of what's happening here too, in that our our government and our bureaucracy is has become so complex that it's hard it's hard to fathom the complexity of it. And so you wanna ascribe some like evil uh, mastermind behind really what's just a bunch of bureaucrats dropping the ball. Yeah, and if you want to talk about stuff like, you know, maybe Donald Trump getting into bed with Vladimir Putin, like, that's not the deep state, that's just the state, like, it's right there, you know, uh, they, there are, you know, there are pictures of them, you know, giving each other high fives and giggling, you know, no, I'm, I realize I'm exaggerating, but, uh, uh, giving each other noogies and, uh, you know, it's not. That's not the deep state. That's just the state. You know, there again. I, you know, I would. As I would the state was such a great sketch show. I would tell people to keep an eye on things. You know, that's the. Well, a 2017 poll by ABC News and the Washington Post indicated that 48 percent of Americans believe in the existence of a conspiratorial deep state, which falls right along kind of the voting lines there, mm -hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. I guess right. I would let me give the deep state. I'll give it one more avocado than I gave the New World Order, because oh, I think there probably is you know a depth to every state. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, fourteen feet. Once again, you know, try to use your head and try to you know pick your battles, because if you're fighting something that doesn't exist, <laughs> you're not going to. It's not a good, not a good use of your time and energy.
four avocados, deep state. Going on to... I, I didn't actually number these things. I'm not sure what number we're on. I think we're on number six. Don't... don't You can't tell me that you're tired and you're hitting the hay. We're no, going to no. finish this. We'll get, we'll get through this. I'm, we I'm, got, I'm, I'm here for it. We got the... I'm here for it. We got... Sorry, guys. I just, I just yawned is what he's talking about. And um, we ha- and we keep having guests who are like, oh, I gotta go to bed. Um, yeah. Okay. This is the October surprise conspiracy theory. This is one from the 1980 presidential election. The October surprise conspiracy theory refers to an alleged plot to influence the outcome outcome of the 1980 presidential election between incumbent Jimmy Carter and Republican Governor or former Republican Governor Ronald Reagan. This says that there was the hostage situation where 52 Americans were being held captive by the Iranian government. And the plot describes a clandestine negotiation to delay the release of hostages until after the election. The Reagan campaign did collaborate um, to disseminate rumors of a payoff for the Iranian government in the case of post-election captive release, which stifled any pre-election release negotiations for the Carter administration. <laughs> and the hostages did get released on like the day after inauguration. October surprise conspiracy theory. Uh, interesting. I, um, I wasn't aware of this. This was a new one for me. Yeah, it's, it's a new one to me, too. Uh, and, you know, it seems like in 1980, you know, there's a different transfer of information. There was, it seems like you probably could pull something like this off, right? Uh Uh, but I don't, I don't know. You'd have to, you'd have to call your buddies in the New World Order and make sure that the seems that the like deep Reagan, state, yes. the deep state is behind you. And yeah, then, you know, seems like other... Reagan. Uh... Any time when, any time when a whole lot of people have to keep their mouths shut about something, my uh, my antenna goes up. You know, as maybe the, maybe there's some BS here. Yeah, you know, because. Yeah. Because that's just not something human beings are very good at. Yeah. What do you think, avocado-wise? Uh, I Let's give it five avos. Okay. I don't hate it, but it doesn't seem entire, you know. It definitely falls in with that deep state New World Order thing. Yeah. Um, but it, it's a little more plausible version of it. So, yeah, I'll, add it, I'll jack it up a little bit. To five avocados. Okay. Five avocados. Okay, we got three more here. Okay. Okay. Flat Earth. Oh, no, God, Jesus Christ. (laughs) The Flat Earth theory first emerged in 19th century England, despite the Earth's spherical nature having been known since at least the time of Pythagoras. (laughs) Boy. This should be an easy one. Yeah. What are you giving the yeah, flat earth? One, one avo, guys. Like I said, pick your battles. You guys are throwing yourselves behind something that just 
just ain't ain't true, guys. <laughs> that makes all other conspiracy theories look bad. <laughs> There's one avocado. Let me ask you: Does can you give zero avocados, or do you have to give one avocado? Oh, good question. If you can, I'll give it to you. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, I think we can. I think this is Arabic numerology, which invented the zero, right? You, uh, you know, and like, I'm going to qualify this. Like, don't, don't read too much into this. You know, like, I can almost see what, the people are trying to do they're trying to question everything but there's just some some things no, that are you gotta just pretty obviously true you know you gotta uh, trust it, some <laughs> level of human perception yeah let's move on what about what about see. just a general technology suppression uh conspiracy theory like who killed the electric car Oh, you know, I mean, I think I think it 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 generally ends up I think there is a certain amount of lobbying like, you know. No, it's not just the electric car. There's other long-standing allegations including the suppression of perpetual motion or cold fusion. Yeah, yeah. And it, it makes sense to me that, you know, a certain amount of lobbying by the oil companies, uh, you know, could, you know, then there, there could be like, uh, taxes put into place. They, they just make it, you know, they make it more profitable to, uh, dig for oil, to drill for oil than, you know, to erect a bunch of, uh, windmills for wind power, you know? Yeah. That I that I one hundred percent believe happens. So that's lobbying, and I don't think that lobbying should be allowed in Washington D.C. Uh, but um, I think it all comes down to money. It's it, I think if it's if it, if the if the money is really there, and and you know cold fusion could make a lot of money for somebody, then then it would have been done. But if you know the money's not there. If the money's not there, keep it in the then, square. Then it's just not going to happen. Um, and now you could say, well, there's a lot of money in suppressing that sort of thing. And yeah, you know, yeah, maybe that happens. You know, I could see, uh, you know, I could see a bunch of, you know, the the a bunch of, say, all of the owners of all of the, I don't even know how to word this, all of the petroleum corporations get together and, you know, say, like, let's go throw some muscle at this guy who's uh, building a, you know, building a car that once runs on water. Yeah. I can, I can definitely see that happening. Sure. I don't have any, but until there's, unless there's proof, you know. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to believe it. And I, I would think that if there was good evidence for that, then, you know, it, I trust the the media to report on it and, and you know and all that you know and there again I, I feel like things like that require so much coordination that somebody always 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 ends up talking so and maybe somebody has talked and maybe it's true maybe it's not I don't know but uh I'll, so I'll give those you know maybe a 
maybe we'll give them seven avocados because I think that's a yeah. good way of questioning things that might be going on. I like it. It's it's becoming clear that the more avocados, the more plausible. <laughs> okay, last one. Yes, Ru- sir. This is pretty grave. This is I know this has been on everybody's mind. Ronaldo and the 1998 World Cup final. On the day of the 1998 World Cup final, Brazilian striker Ronaldo suffered a convulsive fit. He was initially removed from the starting lineup, which stunned the media. He was reinstated by the Brazil coach shortly before kickoff, and then he sort of sleepwalked through the final, and France destroyed him. I feel like this is <laughs> I chose this one because it was the lightest and funnest. I wasn't even a, I wasn't really aware of this. It's a good way to good way to close, definitely. Now, you know a lot more about soccer than I do. Yeah, uh, I'm sure that this is just down to uh, a gambling thing. I, I I think it's entirely possible. Listen, Brazil is a yeah. wild country and it is entirely possible that Ronaldo sandbagged the 1998 World Cup final, or it's also entirely possible that he just went out yeah, and partied yeah. the night before, and he didn't have a convulsive fit. He was on drugs, the drug of cocaine and and champagne and life, and uh, which, for which we don't blame him. But it'll put it'll put you right into a convulsive fit. Um, I don't know. I'm giving I'm giving this one eight avocados. I totally believe that there was some chicanery going on here oh yeah <laughs> i gave him avoc- i gave i went ahead and gave him some avocados for you too yeah i, I appreciate it that's that's you're you're much like i said you're in a much better position to rate that one than i am well listen uh, buddy i'm thank you for indulging me and in trying to get a better uh trying to get myself and our listenership a better idea of where you stand on conspiracy theories and as always with this podcast, putting that together, I learned a lot. And now I'm glad that none of none of these involve aliens, because I want to have our friend Jenna come on and talk only about she's an, she's a she's a uh, self taught expert on alien conspiracy theories. Yeah, and I want to hear everything yeah. that she has to say about all of them. That's a whole episode for and sure. So uh, I'm glad that we uh, we left that in the open. And uh, I love I love those. I got a whole story about that. How exciting! About how deep I got into alien conspiracy theory. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll end with some stickers, possibly nudity. And I just want to remember. I just want to remind everybody, and I would like to remember <laughs> that the poor, the conspiracy theory, the poor, the memory. <laughs> But the sweet, but the wine's still very sweet. <laughs> but it's not like Pepsi sweet. <laughs> Is it new wine? We love you. Or wine classic. 